Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Stock Market Investing with the Armor Report. I'm Brett Rosenthal. It's a Saturday. Thanks for joining me. Um, this show, you know, this show is all about bringing individual investors together with a flow of institutional professional information, making it easy to understand, simple to execute. That's what we're trying to do here. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. So at the Armor Report, we begin and end our decisions when it comes to investing in the stock market by looking at risk first and then capturing upside second. There are some big changes that occurred last week that have opened the window for us to raise the sale and start aggressively putting capital to work. So I'm going to tell you what we did at the Armour Report during the week in anticipation of that change. We're going to go over what stocks we're looking at how we uh, build our portfolio out. So we're focused on different sectors of the market, and I'm going to go through with you those sectors. Um, and then, of course, I'm going to get to Q&A, okay? So we'll break down anything you have an interest in. A um, couple of thoughts before we get started. Don't forget, I'm sharing with you my personal portfolio experience. That's not to say you should be doing it, okay? So the idea isn't just to mirror what I'm doing. The idea is to, as you might know this saying, you, you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. You teach him how to fish, he eats for a lifetime, okay? So I'm trying to share the armor investing way with you. It's a three-stage process. We build our whiteboard, which is our research, our fundamental research, to tell us where do we want to invest when the window opens, okay? And we never stop that process. I'm going to highlight for you a couple of things that are at the very top of our whiteboard that we may include in portfolios next week. The second stage is to use institutional quality proprietary algorithms. Not everybody has access to algos. All the institutions run them. Okay? So the object of the Armour Report is to share our algorithms with you, the individual investor. And we're going to talk about how they direct our risk decisions, okay? Because there were some big changes last week. Um, and then, of course, the third part that makes all of this go is a, is a sound and thorough stop-loss discipline. And it may be the hardest part because it goes against human emotion. So I'm going to share with you how we use stops, where we place them. All right? So um, I'm going to talk about a lot of stocks. These are stocks we're looking at from my own personal portfolio got to do your own research, your own due diligence. I don't know your risk tolerance, so I couldn't possibly tell you what stocks to buy. But over time, the process, I hope, will give you an edge and allow you to capture alpha. So let's jump right in. Um, step one, the, um, the Armour Report is broken down for Armour Insiders into really four main groups. It's the... Um, risk monitor, the portfolio page, so you can see everything we're buying and selling in the spreadsheet that shows you stop losses and targets, our exclusive video content just for insiders, and um, um, our whiteboard, okay? So what we're doing right now, um, and I guess this is the step, step one of what I want to share with you today because it was the big change, and the big change is the risk monitor which is um, a number of algorithms that we use to show us where the highest probability entry points are, where reward is worth the risk, on the top seven slash eight indexes that we follow. NASDAQ, S&P, Dow, small cap, those are the big four. And then the secondaries are the value, the momentum, the IBD50, and I'm starting to follow the ARK Innovator Fund, okay, which is kind of like the IBD50. So uh, this is the Armour Report, and if you um, are an insider, you click right there on your Armour Insider page, and it's going to take us to these four um, window panes, right? So the risk monitor is what we're talking about first right now. Okay, and the risk monitor has turned a color of yellow, all right? 
Now, let me talk about what yellow means, all right? To make this simple to understand, because algorithms, you can get lost in the weeds, what I'm doing with the risk monitor is I'm saying, look, it's red, green, or yellow. It's that simple. When all seven or eight indexes move in tandem, confluence, I talk about it all the time, both in day trading and investing and um, using algorithms, when you get that confluence, the probabilities are at their highest that you'll be able to make money on that entry point, okay? And reward is worth the risk. That's what gets us to go green. Last year, we had very clear green signal in late March. We made a lot of money off of it, okay? This year is a more typical year, which is to say there are different types of years, and you have to understand what year you're in. Last year was a clear risk-on, risk-off year where everything was moving in unison. And that was because of the pandemic and Fed intervention. What we have now is a rolling market. The ARC, Innovator, IBD, Momentum indexes have been getting trashed while the Dow and the value indexes have been going up. That's not confluence. That's um, a much trickier market. You get these rips lower that then reverse, right? And the cream of the crops tends to stay above their stops and then move higher as the market goes to new highs. So in that market, we can go from risk monitor red to risk yellow. And that's what happened last week. And I'm going to show you why. So we know that the Dow and the value index never hit its stop. Hasn't hit its stop in the last, I don't know, six, seven months. They just keep going up. No stops hit. All the other indexes got stopped out. That's what put us into risk monitor red for a couple of weeks. Okay. So here we are now at the NASDAQ 100. And I think this is the most important index for us to key on this week. All right, grab a pen, piece of paper, write these things down so you're ready to rock and roll next week and you know what to follow, okay? The NASDAQ 100 is driving the bus now. If this breakout right here that gives us a risk monitor yellow signal, okay, accelerates, then we know we've got a tradable rally where we can make some money. We also see, and I'm going to share with you now, the momentum index. Momentum index is following the NASDAQ 100. This is so important. I've been saying for months now, probably the last couple of months, probably most of this year, that I am very cautious in a market where the leadership is getting annihilated. I've been saying we're in this process where the market's trying to hand off the baton to new leaders, right? So the ARC innovator type of stocks have been destroyed. What's the new leadership? And we see new leadership in clearly the value slash, you know, industrial sector of the market. Order for this market to accelerate to new highs in a meaningful way for us to increase our net worth we have got to see momentum, NASDAQ 100 type of stocks join the rally. The innovator type stocks can lag for a while now, but the meat of the market, the, the, the Amazons, the Googles, the Netflix, the Facebooks, these stocks, the Microsofts, they have to lift in order to get the whole S&P to make that run up to 42 to 4,400 or something in the next, you know, who knows, couple of weeks, couple of months. Okay, so it's key that we got a risk on green signal, okay, in the momentum index and the NASDAQ 100. And I'll show you also that small caps, which have been stopped out recently because of this break below the 50-day, reclaim the 50 on a three-bar reversal closing above every major moving average. So this is why, wrapping up this segment, this is why the risk monitor has flipped over to yellow, okay? And if we get acceleration next week, I would call a yellow-green, right? It's never going to get green because we don't have confluence, but it's as strong as we can get as the Dow makes new highs and the rest of the market starts to come on again. That's the window for us to capture. So what have we been doing with the portfolio? In advance... 
of the risk on signal from the risk monitor, we've been filling out our portfolio um, of, um, of stocks at the Armour Report. All right. So what we try to do, since I understand these algos, um, because I wrote them and I've been working with them for a long time, sometimes I'll preempt what I think is going to be a risk on signal. Okay. What we wanted to do last week for Armour Insiders is build a portfolio during the week so that if we went risk on, we already had exposure. This is precisely what we did. And you can, you can see again here at the Armour Report, we click on the portfolio page. And it's going to take us to all the stocks we own. And, of course, we go over um, end-of-day alerts for all Armour insiders who are not in the Slack room. You know, we have a Slack room set up so you can watch what we're doing all day as we trade for Armour insiders. And then we just kind of highlight it in our week and uh, our end-of-day updates. Okay? And then here we have the spreadsheet. So you can see what we've been doing is filling out the portfolio, really going back here um, to um, – whoops – um, earlier in the week, the 24th, 29th, 30th, 31st, all the way up until yesterday or Thursday, we've been building the portfolio out. And so um, we did it in anticipation and we broke it down into segments. So how are we going to invest next week? What are we looking for? The first thing I want to tell you is the most dangerous time for a new risk-on entry point is the following five trading sessions, which will be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, okay? A high probability, the probabilities, um, what I'm trying to say is they split dramatically when we look at all of our algorithms, all of our back testing. We go back, 15, 20 years, there is a massive uh, um, um, divergence, not divergence, a massive change in our success rate of probabilities after the first week of trading, after a new buy signal. The ones that fail usually fail within one to five days of the risk on signal. You get risk on and it immediately breaks down and you have to stop out of everything. That can occur. Don't forget, algorithms are not crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen next week. We just have a high probability entry point, right? But even if it's a 7 out of 10 entry point, that means three times we're going to lose money. So there are three times, and those three times usually fail within the first week. If you can get past the first week and stay above stops and see some of your positions start to blossom and make you money, then the probabilities spike that we're going to have a real move that we can make money on. Okay, so next week is a key week. What we'll be doing on the trading desk for Armory Insiders, every morning we go over the morning call and how we get set up. We will be looking to hedge the portfolio at every necessary point. We hope we lose money on the hedge. Okay, hedges which is buying puts on indexes or using a volatility index, anything you do to protect yourself. If you think about it, you really hope to lose money. You don't want to make money on the hedge. <laughs> I mean, if you're making money on the hedge, the whole portfolio is going down. So a hedge is just simply to take off some risk. And we do that in our day trading room for Armour Commodore subscribers. What we're looking at is when do we have to hedge? Typically, I like to hedge gap up mornings. Okay, particularly Monday morning. So if the market gaps higher Monday morning and then puts in particular setups that have a high probability of weakness, we'll go out there and hedge the portfolio. Okay? But hedging aside, we are looking for higher prices next week. And here's one of the reasons why. And I wanted to share with you the NASDAQ 100. If we drill down into the top names, these chart patterns are starting to look really good, okay? So we started with Facebook at the Armour Report here. We were buying Facebook before a risk-on entry point in the NASDAQ 100, right? So sometimes we preempt looking at the algorithms and say, so you know what? 
we need to start putting some of these positions on in our portfolio. So we bought right in here, net, uh, uh, Facebook, and the stock is now actually it made a new high last week from once we bought it. Okay, I'm looking for that to follow through. Look at Google. Google's breaking out of a high tight pennant. It gapped up and never, never gave up the gap even when the market was breaking down. That's wildly bullish. Makes you want to own Google, right? Look at Amazon. Huge base that looks similar to Facebook. It just hasn't broken out yet. There was a really interesting story on Amazon and the electronic vehicle company, the EV company that it's backing. Really interesting story. You can follow it on my um, Twitter feed. Okay? It's at Brett Rosendahl. Follow me on Twitter. Hey, also, I want to tell you guys at this moment, I've started an Instagram page where I'm breaking down these videos into short segments for you on particular topics. So at the end of the um, hour-long conversation we're going to have today, I'm going to break down over the weekend very short snippets of this conversation that I think are really important. And we're going to put them into um, our Instagram you know, RGTV uh, page. So you might find it interesting. You can follow us on Instagram at the Armor Report. Um, all right. So we looked at Amazon. We looked at uh, um, Facebook. We see Google breaking out. We see Microsoft breaking out. You can't argue with these patterns. These patterns look phenomenal. Take a look at Cisco breaking out of a huge base that hasn't even started yet. Okay? So what I submit to you is when we get a risk-on buy signal on the queues, and then we drill down and look at the best, biggest names in the queues, and we see those patterns, probability of success is very high here. We still use stop losses. If this thing reverses Monday, Tuesday, and breaks down, we'll be out of all this stuff. Okay? But assuming that doesn't happen, it looks like the NASDAQ has some catching up to do, and that will be how we make money next week. We're going to focus on those type of names. Here are a couple stocks, NASDAQ 100, that we're going to put on um, our watch list at the very top of the, of the board for Monday. Okay? I don't think you can ignore this chart pattern. Whoops. Netflix is without a doubt putting in a pattern. Now, I don't like Netflix up to this point because it failed a four-stage breakout, which is usually a bearish sign, okay? But we're going to say that's because the whole NASDAQ sold off and this stock took a break. It closed this gap and held the upside, made a double bottom at the 200-day moving average. This thing comes out across these tops and it could get legs. And so, Number one on the trading list Monday morning has to be for us that setup. We're going to look for a day trading setup that can get us long Netflix that we might hold in our swing and our invest portfolios. This is a day trading screen. You're looking at a three-minute chart. Every blue bar is up, red bar is down. The black dots are the volume-weighted average price. Our favorite way to trade will be weakness in the morning that comes back to test VWAP. If it holds and reverses and we see the asset go above top day VWAP, we will put a position on this stock. Okay, Armor Insiders, write that down. I'll see you in the Commodore Day Trading Room. This is the number one name on the list. Okay, I'll tell you what we'll also do. We're going to use spot gamma information to see where is that trigger point. Where's the flip on Netflix? And when we get spot gamma high-octane location along with an armor day trading trigger, that's where we really make our money. Let me show you an example, okay? Last week, this was a perfect setup. Sienna, Cisco, and Infinera are a group that tends to run together. Cisco's leading right now. Sienna looks pregnant. That's a perfect cup and handle with a pennant right above the 50-day moving average. Why are we trading this? Look at that trade that we captured on Friday. Okay, right here, 
I'm going to put this line in so you can see it, so you understand how we trade in the Armored Day Trading Room. Okay? This right here, pull it right down to 55, which is right here. Okay? This green line right here was the gamma location. I'll make a dash so you can see the difference. That green line right there was the spot gamma key location. This is our favorite way to day trade, and we look for these trades in the day trading room every morning. We want the asset to, one, trade above prior day's VWAP. This is prior day's VWAP. Right here is the line of demarcation, so Thursday, Friday. We then go above top day VWAP, which was a pennant formation on Siena, exactly at the gamma location. That's the highest probability entry point for us. The stop loss would have been the low of the day we're trading, which is this red line right here. So your risk is minimal and your upside's enormous when the high octane of spot gamma location is breached with the armor day trade trigger and you make a lot of money getting long Sienna. Okay? So we'll be looking for more names like that in the armor day trading room, the Commodore room, I call it. Um, starting Monday morning, and Netflix will be at the top of that list. So let me um, let me briefly tap into a couple extra ideas here before I get to your questions. So to wrap up, number one, risk monitor yellow. It's changing more positive. It's time for us to put capital to work. Number two, Armor Insiders. We already have 100% of our capital to work in the Armour Swing Portfolio, which is more aggressive. It trades more. The Armour Invest Portfolio is carrying somewhere between 15 and 20% cash, right? So significantly long already. We have a little bit more capital to put to work. In the Invest Portfolio, we're going to focus on putting that to work in NASDAQ 100 type of names, okay? In the Swing Portfolio next week, we may cull out some of our more conservative names that are in there to make room for more aggressive NASDAQ names or innovator names, which means we might be booking some profits in other positions or cutting some positions that maybe are right around break even to increase the beta in the portfolio. Okay. I want higher beta. if The risk on signal is real because if it's real and we get acceleration by the end of next week, the biggest alpha will be in a portfolio with higher beta. Okay, so let me move on to um, our group and focus. You know, we've broken down our portfolio into different segments. Some years will overexpose the portfolio to, any, to a particular segment. Like last year, when we get aggressive confluence risk on signals and we see an opportunity in a space, we got 60% long precious metals last year in March. It made for a huge run for us, right? We've been 60, 50, 60% long cannabis last year, right at the bottom, coming off the bottom, okay? This year is a different year. A lot of moving parts, no confluence. So what we've got here, and this is just my guide for you. This is what I'm doing. So consider in your portfolio how you want to break down your allocation so you're not over your skis in any one group that ends up underperforming in this run. So what we're doing is we have an allocation to energy and, al and particularly energy paying a dividend, okay? I want to lower my beta there with, with energy. I don't want to raise my beta, okay? I want to lower it. So I'm going to own energy, but I want to get paid dividends on that. We have our allocation to precious metals. It's above 15% right now. It could get to 20. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm going to show you that in a second. Hey, by the way, if you enjoy this conversation, pound that thumbs up button for me right now. It really helps me out on uh, YouTube, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to do it. Okay, so bang away while we're chatting. We have an allocation to the industrials, and that's been really driving our portfolio higher last week is our allocation to the industrial sector. Okay, anybody remember this conversation from last Saturday? We told you we were buying shares of cliffs 
Okay. These are the type of chart patterns we're looking for. Cliffs is a steel company. This is at the top of our whiteboard. It's at the top of our whiteboard because we did the research on it and we said, hey, this company totally transformed themselves last year, made a couple key acquisitions, and this should be the year that they start to really benefit from that fundamentally. And so what happened last week is we got a risk on entry point in Cliffs right here. And the very next day, the company pre-announced blowout earnings and gave an update to how their fundamental story is, is improving, and the stock jumped 20%. That's the type of chart pattern we're looking for. Consolidation on top of a long-term breakout. You want to buy it before the gap. Of course, we got lucky. We didn't know the, the very day, the very night we bought it. We didn't, we didn't know they were going to make that pre-announcement, but hey, I'd rather be lucky than good sometimes, right? You keep working hard and you create your own luck. And that's what we did um, in, uh, in Cliffs, okay? So we have our allocation to the industrials. And what we've been building out last week is our allocation to the NASDAQ 100 type of stocks. Here are some examples, okay? The leadership inside of the NASDAQ 100, it, this cannot be ignored other than those big names I showed you, the group leading is really the semiconductor stocks. That's a beautiful breakout in stocks, the entire index right there. Okay? Micron had a blowout quarter. Stock hasn't even gotten away from us yet. This is not a position I own at the moment, but that quarter was fantastic. Okay? I'm not showing you necessarily stocks that we own. Some we own, some we don't. Look at Cuervo blowing out. Look at AMAP blowing, blowing out. Look at LRCX blowing out. Okay? Then you can find some unbelievable risk-reward setups right on the 200-day moving average in Qualcomm. The reward to risk there is, is, is phenomenal. How about Xilinx? Don't forget this. They're being acquired by AMD should happen sometime this summer. The stock is trading at a, at a sizable discount to its acquisition price. So if you believe in AMD, then you have to respect Xilinx because Xilinx goes up and down with AMD. If AMD breaks out, Xilinx will go up with it, and then it'll go up even more when the deal closes. Okay? So those are some examples of what we're focused on in the NASDAQ 100. Let's wrap up with precious metals, okay? First of all, a couple key points. Um, there's so much to say in precious metals. I want to keep it simple so it's easy for you to execute. I, let me say this. Why did we make so much money in cannabis stocks last year because we bought them before Joe Biden took office, before Congress turned blue, before everybody on CNBC said it was the greatest idea ever. This is where we bought cannabis. For those of you who maybe remember, for I know Armor Insiders know what I'm talking about, here's canopy growth. We were buying canopy growth Long-term call options down here, guys, down here, okay? Huge base was built. We were buying it down here, right? MSOS. We were buying MSOS down here, okay? I'm not talking about MSOS right now. We're going to skip cannabis for right now. It is not set up for us. I want to focus on gold. My favorite time to buy an asset is when nobody thinks I should do it, when I get trolls on Twitter telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about and um, every single cryptocurrency in the world is better than gold, right? Oh, I love those tweets. Oh, I love it. I love when people call me ignorant for wanting to buy gold instead of I don't know, whatever the flavor of the day is in the crypto market, okay? 
Is there a place to make money in crypto? Absolutely. Are there names to buy? We can go over it in a minute. Okay. Is every one of these cryptocurrencies going to end up being a valuable asset in your portfolio? Man, you're dreaming. Please. Please protect yourself. This is the Armour Report, right? Risk management research. There's more snake oil in the crypto market than was ever sold in the wild, wild west. So be advised. All right. But this is a gold conversation. Let's look at what happened to gold last week. All right. GLD. Oops. Oh, I'm just going to show you something that's important. GLD gold made a double bottom on a long-term uptrend. Right? It went down and tested the low and hold and closed above it. But this is the key. And remember this. Write this down. Put it in your, 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 your trading log, your investing log, and remember it. The stocks lead the metal. The miners lead the bullion. So while gold made a double bottom, look at GDX. It made a higher low. So you're getting a positive divergence. Let's look at some of the leaders. Franco Nevada breaking out above the 200-day moving average, exponential. Newmont. Not quite breaking out yet. Trading above its 200, its 50, its 25, every moving average. Making a dramatically higher low versus even the index, index itself. Don't forget, Newmont is the only big cap gold stock in the S&P 500. S&P breaks out, watch out for this stock. Take a look at wheat and precious metals, which even has some silver in it. Higher low. Royal gold, triple bottom, breaking out. All of this is happening while gold made a double bottom and silver looks awful, right? Silver broke down out of the pennant. Remember, you heard it here first, the miners lead the metal. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get into all the details of why between now and June 28th, when the Basel III rules go into effect, the asset gold should be revalued higher. My point to you today is that we want to own these when the reward to risk is right. Look, if they all break down next week, I'm going to sell them. The Armour Investing Way Stage three, stop losses. I don't force my will on the market, but I look for and search for divergences like this. And I try to buy them when everybody hates them. And when they're running and everyone's talking about it on CNBC and everybody on Twitter is telling me what tiny micro cap gold stock I should be buying, I'll be booking profits. Those are my thoughts for today. Let's get to your Q&A. Don't forget, pound the like button if you appreciate this conversation. And even if you don't, <laughs> just appreciate the effort. All right, pound the like button. If you guys want to subscribe, right down here, you can subscribe to this channel and you can subscribe to the Armor Report. Go check it out. Um, so let's get to questions. Thanks for spending half hour with me there as I share my ruminations, my missive, as it were. All right, what do we got for me? Hey, Brett, can you cover Apple and EPV charts? Let's do it right now, Kevin. Now, the NASDAQ 100 is going to break out. It would be shocking if you can't get a move higher in Apple. Okay? But I will tell you that for my money, and, and let's, let's remember, everything I'm about to tell you in this Q&A is my own personal opinion, my own personal approach. I've been doing this 30 plus years and I'm just sharing my knowledge with you. It doesn't mean I'm going to be right. I have my own biases, right? I don't want to talk you out of something, but I'm going to come at you from an angle of opportunity cost of money. So when I look at Apple or anything you're showing me, I already have my favorites. And for an idea you show me to make it into the top of my portfolio, that's going to knock out one of my favorites, all right? 
So looking at Apple, here's why it doesn't knock out a favorite. It might work. It might go up. If the NASDAQ and the S&P break out, I would expect the stock to go up. But this stock is showing relative weakness versus its peers as it trades below its 50-day. And the 50-day is in a downtrend, right? Take a look at Apple, then look at Microsoft. It's purely on a chart pattern formation. What, what, let's don't forget, guys, what do chart patterns tell us? You know, it's not, it's not tea leaves or anything. It's a, it's a price chart. It's showing us price performance. It's showing us a battle between buyers and sellers. So when the sellers are in control, 50-day moving averages are going down. 200-day moving averages roll over, right? What that really means is institutions on a large scale are distributing the stock that they own. And they're selling it at lower and lower prices because they want to get out. The flip side and when we look at Microsoft, right, is the institutions theoretically keep buying the asset at the 50-day. They keep supporting. Why is the 50 and 200-day so important? Let's talk about that for a minute for you, those of you who are new investors. Um, institutions, we're talking billion-dollar hedge funds, billion-dollar endowments, okay, billion-dollar uh, 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 pension plans. They're not just buying 100 shares of Apple. They're buying a million shares, two million shares, five million, 10 million shares. I mean, whatever they have to do to get their position on. They can't buy that all at once. So they have to incorporate algorithms to take positions. And, and what they do is the 50-day, the 200-day, the volume-weighted average price, the time-weighted average price, these are key tools they use to execute. So they might, be, they might have a 100 million share uh, a purchase program to get into a stock. I don't know, whatever stock it is. And they might want to, what they don't want to do is chase the stock. So what they do is every time the stock comes down to a certain location, they buy more, okay? And so the 50-day is often what they use as their guide. And when it gets to the 50, they call up broker or they type it in, buy me another million shares here at the 50. Okay, so the flip side could be true. Also, they could be distributing at the 50. So here you can see clearly Microsoft is being acquired at the 50. So far, Apple's been distributed at the 50. Every time it gets to the 50, someone's dumping stock, someone big. Now, it could be over and the fund could be done selling and the thing could pop higher. But I'd rather focus on the stocks that are trading above the 50. Google, Netflix. Right. So the money that I might allocate to Apple, I would just rather allocate somewhere else. That's just me. OK, now let's look at XPEV. It's how I differentiate. Right. There's just so many ideas we have to look at. How do we how do we narrow down the funnel and just buy the stock? We can't buy 100 stocks. It may be a waste of time. May as well just buy the S&P. May as well buy the Nasdaq 100. Right. So we got to find the 10 to 20 to 30 stocks we want to own. And how do we narrow it down? Relative strength is a key way to narrow that down. That's what I'm talking about with Apple. XPEV. Okay. I mean, I, those of you who know me know I just don't buy Chinese companies, right? For right or wrong. You know, I just don't do it. I don't believe uh, uh, owning a company that um, doesn't follow generally accepted accounting principles doesn't work for me. That's just, you know, a way for me to narrow the funnel. Uh, I see a double bottom here at the 200-day, and I see why you have an interest in it. Um, I see nothing wrong with that. From a technical standpoint, I get it. It's just not my type of, uh, of name. All right, moving on. Thoughts on CCHWF? How you doing, Deb? CCHWF. Be a care. All right, let's talk technically first. All right, Deb, technically speaking, that stock's just not ready yet, in my opinion. And I really don't care about the big spike on Thursday. I know a lot of people were happy with the spike on Thursday. You have to look at it in its overall chart pattern. So what we're hoping now is the stock is going to find support here at the 50-day and build a base that's worth buying. Okay, 
would I buy the stock if it breaks this downtrend? You could. You could argue that if it takes out the high of Friday, you would buy the stock and use the low of Friday as your stop loss. I won't argue with that. But, but I would personally like to see a better chart pattern set up before I put that money to work. Fundamentally speaking, I love the idea. It's one of the MSOs that's at the top of our whiteboard. If you look at um, the Armor whiteboard, one of those segments on our website for Armor Insiders, we have a list of our favorite cannabis stocks. Okay, Columbia, top of that list. It's a second tier company. You know, our top four names, right? True Leaf, Green Thumb, even though Green Thumb is indicted, blah, blah, blah. I still think Green Thumb's great. That'll just be a buying opportunity. Um, Cura Leaf and Cresco, those are my top four. And then below that is a name like Columbia. All right. Um, I, um, Quail Hollow, thanks for that. I know you're an Armour Insider, and I'm glad you're with me there. We, we really had to... Um, put positions on before we got the risk monitor yellow. So before that risk monitor got bullish with the risk on, we were adding positions and it really paid off last week. All right. Is gold ready to advance? I really believe it's ready to advance. And I, I think I covered that uh, already. So I won't go too much into that again. But um, let me put it this way, just to wrap up the gold thought. I've already said it, but I'll say it again. The reward to risk is right at this point. I can't guarantee it's going to go up. I think the probabilities are high that it will. And the reward is worth the risk. The stop losses are very obvious right here. And they're not that far away. So I'll take a loss if I have to. But if it starts to move higher here, when everybody else is scrambling to buy it, we're going to be getting paid. Right? And we're not going to scramble to buy anything. We're going to say, thank you for marking up our positions. And that, my friends, is how you build alpha. All right. What else you got for me? Yeah, good. Um, what happens to your shares when they are acquired? Do you sell at that point? Is to it? Can you give me an idea of what stock you're referring to there? I don't know w what you mean. Oh, is it Xilinx? Do you sell at that point? Is it Xilinx? Maybe you're talking about Xilinx. Um, you don't have to sell at that point. I mean, you end up getting shares of, of AMD. If the whole thing's breaking out, I'll, eventually what will happen in my stock portfolio is that the Xilinx shares will go away and shares of AMD will show up in the portfolio. And I could hold AMD. I don't have to sell it. It just depends on how the stock's traded. How about U.S. Steel? Yeah, I love U.S. Steel, but I, I really the reason we bought Cliffs instead, okay, is that Cliffs had a tighter chart pattern where the reward to risk I could manage better. We are we are day trading uh, U.S. Steel in our, our day trading room because obviously there's some pretty wicked moves this thing goes on. I'd like to own U.S. Steel, but as you can see, that I mean it's just. The moves are so large, the reward to risk wasn't working for me. And so I focused on CLF and got paid over there. But there's nothing wrong with uh, U.S. Steel. I mean, look at Nucor. This thing's gone to the moon. It's Steel Dynamics. Stock looks great. So I'd love to own X. If I could get it on a pullback that sets up again on a day trade, maybe I'd hold on to it. But um, at the moment, I've got my allocation a complete allocation. The armor portfolios are full, full up when it comes to uh, industrials. I don't want to add any more industrials. So in order to add U.S. Steel, I'd have to bump something else out, which I, I may. I'll have to look at my positions. Every day I look at my positions to see, is there something worthwhile owning? Should I book a profit here and switch? But I don't see that happening in that chart. So U.S. Steel will be at the top of our day trading list, right? So we really have four portfolios at the armor report. Index only, oh, which, by the way, went from 100% invested, um, excuse me, 100% cash last week to um, over 85% invested by the end of the day Friday. All right, so the index only portfolio is back into the market. We have our swing portfolio, we have our invest portfolio, and then we have our day trading allocation, right? And so 
that's where we would trade. That's, what we, that's how I would use U.S. Steel. Hey, Barry, I'm so glad you just said that. I appreciate it. Um, and, um, you know, I love to hear when, you know, I'm helping people out. So that's the whole purpose of this. All right. BTO, KL, and LUG. Let's take a look. Financial. All right. You know, I don't think I have an opinion there. Not a terrible chart pattern. Breaking out of a, you know, big base like the rest of the financials. All right. LUG. LUG is not coming up on my screen, so maybe it's a different symbol. And um, KL, KL is a different, it's definitely an idea worth taking a look at. Again, there's just so much room in my portfolio, and I've got my precious metals allocation already. What we're going with, and this is something you write this down, guys, in your trading log so you can remember this. Um, Typically, at the beginning of every precious metals mining move, the um, royalty stocks perform the best. They usually break out first. So KL is a secondary stock. If we've earned the right to take the risk and we're making money on our four favorite names, then we might add a KL. But look at the chart pattern of KL, and, and you can see what I'm talking about. This is terrible underperformance. I mean, before I add KL, I think I'd rather own NG, because at least NG's got a higher low, a double bottom higher low it's making. It's above the 50-day, right? If it breaks this downtrend, NG looks interesting to me. KL, KL, I love the company fundamentally. I have a hard time understanding what that um, stock is doing right now, and so I'll have to avoid it. All right. Can you take a look at the Gilead chart? Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, brought that up. Northlistic, I'm so glad you brought that up. You know, I meant to talk about that today. Um, let's look at IBB first. Okay, IBB has got a nice double bottom at the 200-day. And it's something we really need to focus on because if the NASDAQ 100 is going to work, I would be surprised if it worked without IBB breaking out. And so what I like here on the IBB chart, whoops, whoops. Okay, is a breakout and a pullback and a double bottom right at the key breakout, right at the 200-day. So a move above the 50-day should get us long biotech stocks, maybe even BIB I'll put in the portfolio, which is twice the performance of IBB. So the first thing I like to do when I'm buying biotechs as a group is to buy BIB, which is an ETF that gives me twice the performance of IBB. So I have Zero individual stock risk, but I have the performance of an individual stock because I'm getting twice the performance of IBB as a whole. All right. So that's for the aggressive swing portfolio. For the invest portfolio, I'll have you know, Northlistic added Gilead to our portfolio on Friday. Okay. How can I not do it? How can I not do it? The risk reward is perfect in Gilead at this stage. Last year during the pandemic, the Armour Report bought Gilead right in here and we made money on this ridiculous run up on Rundesivir. Okay? It broke down, we got out because we have stop losses that we use, trailed stops, we booked our profit. The thing has come all the way down. There's no longer, in my opinion, any investor that owns the stock because of remdesivir. So now it goes back to its basic fundamentals. And there's a lot to love about the fundamentals of Gilead. A four plus percent dividend, a stock buyback program, relationships with companies like Galapagos. I, I, from a reward to risk standpoint, I can collect my dividend here and I think there could be upside. It's a major part of the IBB. It's a part of the NASDAQ 100. So there could be lots of upside in the stock. 
And also right in here during this period right here, a lot of, quote, bad news and brokerage recommendations to sell came out on the stock and it didn't go any lower. It made a double bottom at the uptrend and it's trading above every moving average. So contrary to what's happening in cannabis, where every piece of good news is being sold, what you're getting in Gilead is all the bad news comes out. It's not being sold, which means good news will start to get bought. So the reward to risk is right there. And we have a position. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, guys, thanks a lot. Hit that like button for me. Hey, what's happening, Jay? Would you be kind to advise on your subscription levels? Also, would you please advise on AG? Okay. um, Well, the subscription levels, you guys can find that um, on... um, here, I'll just, I'll just show it to you. And thanks for asking me this softball question. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, let's go take a look at this together. All right, so here are the subscribe um, opportunities at the Armour Report. All right, Commander is, you know, you could just click on the options and see what you're going to get here. The real differences between Commander and Commodore is Commodore is um, access to our day trading room, okay? So what you get with our basic armor commander setup is access to exclusive videos, access to our um, portfolio uh, breakdown, everything we own, you know, the stops, the targets, your whiteboard, everything we're changing on the whiteboard, our risk monitor indications, right? I send out emails every morning when we update the website. Okay. We also have what I like to call um, the, uh, the captain's log. It's a blog but I think that sounds boring. So I call it the captain's log. And every day I'm writing, you know, how I'm getting ready for the morning and kind of highlighting what's important from our Slack room all day. Okay. So every one of these subscriptions gives you access to the Slack room. All day long, we're sharing information. I like to say that Armor Insiders are an army of analysts followed up by a tank division of algorithms. So I'm sharing the work that I'm doing with my whiteboard and my research. Everybody else is sharing their ideas. And we use the algorithms to figure out where we want to go with capital and when. And of course, I'm always reiterating the stop loss disciplines and rules to help protect capital. So all of that comes with all the subscriptions. The Commodore level gives you access to our day trading um, a process. Okay, where we're looking to identify names like Sienna, for instance, when to put capital to work first thing in the morning and where to go for day trade opportunities. All right, so really Commodore is for your day traders. All right, and of course, the Armor Admiral is for somebody who wants a lot more care on a one-to-one basis. So anyway, take a look. I appreciate you asking me the question. Consider subscribing. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel down here and don't forget the thumbs up. Now, your question about um, whoops. Let's go to uh, Cordeline. You know, not a bad chart pattern. Cordeline, you know, silver stocks I've yet to buy because um, I just don't love the patterns on silver. And, and for me, Pan American silver is the most important of these names. And it, it really, it kind of looks awful. So uh, I'm not a silver guy yet. Cordeline, I also like Hecla. Hecla's got more than just silver in its bailiwick. And so, but that chart pattern looks awful. So I'm not buying silver right now. Okay. And, and the same holds true for majestic silver AG. I just, I'm not ready to buy silver yet. I, silver, as you can see, the stocks are making lower lows. Gold stocks are making higher lows. That's where I'm focused first. So if we, if we start making money, I mean, we did last week, but if it continues this week in gold, then we might fill out our gold allocation with silver stocks, our precious metals allocation with some silver stocks. Okay. Hey, thanks very much. Glad you appreciate it. All right. Any thoughts on MTA? 
Wow. I don't know, MTA. I'm glad you brought it up. You're part of our army of analysts here. I think um, I'm going to have to do a little bit of research on that. Can it engaged in management of precious metals royalty streams? I mean, it's tiny, right? I mean, it doesn't really have any real royalty yet, but I'm going to do some research to see because there's no way to argue that that chart pattern looks tasty. A double bottom at the 200-day, right on top of previous breakout, that looks really tasty. I'm going to write that down. Thanks for that idea. All right, um, Marvel. Well, you know, you've sunk my battleship. That's what I feel like in these conversations. For Armor Insiders, you already know that we bought Marvel last week. For those of you following the uh, YouTube every um, Saturday, um, if you hit on something, I let you know. All right? And so there it is. We were buying shares of Marvel last week. Stock looks great. How do we ignore it, you know? I didn't buy QRVO, and I, I kind of... I really wish I did. And I don't know, I might have to. It's just how much can I allocate to one group? And so we have our favorites. Um, yeah, but Marvel certainly looks good. You're on to something there, brother. Taiwan Semi, I'm not, I'm not going to be getting uh, involved in Taiwan Semi. Um, right or wrong, I'm concerned what... Um, this is about reward to risk and risk management. So we have to cut down. We can't own everything. So when I find something fundamentally or technically that I don't like, I wipe that off the board and it helps me focus on other names. I don't know if this is um, outlandish or what, but the rumblings we're hearing out of China and what they may or may not do with Taiwan makes it really not very interesting to me to own a Taiwanese company right now. You could say that's ridiculous. You know, you could say, I don't have the right world perspective. Maybe you're right. But for me, I don't need the extra risk. I don't know what China is going to do next. Okay? I don't care. I don't want to think about it. There's so many other names I'd rather own in the U.S. There's so many semi-names breaking out. Why bother? I'd rather find companies in the U.S. that don't have foundries in Taiwan. That's my opinion. Um, I'll stick to it. Now, this is an interesting idea on Pinterest. Let's talk about Pinterest, Ray. I'm glad you brought this up again because I wanted to mention this. If Google looks like this and it's breaking out of this high tight pennant, I submit to you it's doing it because the ad business is booming. I'm not a buyer of Google, but what it does make me want to really look hard at is I want to own shares of Pinterest again and I want to own shares of Twitter the first test of the 50-day right there. And I might want to own shares of Snap. Not right now. That chart doesn't look very good. And I might want to own shares of Etsy. Okay? Pinterest is my favorite name. I'd like to own shares of Pinterest. I may do that starting next week. Okay? Because I think that the fundamental story of the ad spend business is just booming. And that would suggest that you're going to see another blowout number from Pinterest. Hey, you know what? Let's look at TDD, TTD. I'm just curious. This is a, a you know, pure ad spend idea. But unfortunately, it's an innovator type of name, and those stocks have been slaughtered. So I'm not going to buy that chart pattern. What about MGNI? There's a double bottom at the 50. That's a better setup right there. I'm going to put MGNI at the top of my day trading list along with Pinterest for Monday and Twitter. Those are my names to focus on come Monday morning if I get a setup. All right. Uh, JYH, the streamers are the first to go up usually, and they, they, they're phenomenal investments. So... Um, they're going to be the first to move. And then if the move is legitimate and it becomes significant, then the second tier names might end up having more alpha at the end of the run, the mid tier, the smaller caps, but that's further down the road for me. And I'm going to get a piece of that. So I look at the royalty guys as my core. And by the way, Newmont mining is the absolute centerpiece of our precious metals holdings. Okay. It always has been. 
Okay? And that's not a royalty guy. So I'm going to start with Newmont. Then I'm going to put the royalties around me. And if this thing breaks out and takes off, that's when I start looking at the smaller names to fill out the portfolio allocation. Okay? So that, that's how I'm going to do it. ENPH, N-Phase Energy. All right, I'm, I don't have an opinion there. I'll take a look at it. That chart looks interesting. Thanks for the idea. I'll take a peek. I think that's um, is that a utility. It designs and develops and sells home energy solutions. Oh, it's a solar company. Okay. Well, if I'm going to go solar, Raymond, honestly, I'm going to be looking here. I, I, there's, it's too fragmented of a business for me, and I'd rather focus on the ETF that owns them all. I don't want single stock risk in that business. That's my opinion. Okay. I might have lower um, uh, alpha than, than you if you pick the right solar name, but I'm going to have a, a risk reward adjusted position in my portfolio. So if I take a solar position, it's going to be in, in an ETF where I get a piece of all of those names. It's just such a fragmented business. I don't want to try to guess which one's going to be the winner. Like my favorite name in the space is Run. But honestly, if I spend any dollars in the space, I think I'm going to go with TAN. Kevin Hart. C-L-S-K. Clean Spark. No opinion on that right now. Um, that chart pattern doesn't work for me, though. I don't like the gap down. I don't like the overhead. So it's going to have to do more work for me to get interested in Queen Spark. Ah, you were talking about Xilinx. Good. We got that cleared up. Taiwan Semi has a stockpile of chips or TM itself? Oh, Toyota. Oh. If they have a stockpile of chips, Toyota is a no-brainer. I mean, I like Ford and GM. Okay. Um, I, think, I think GM actually looks better than Ford, but I, I think they both go together. So either these are going to work or they're going to break down, and there's a clear risk-reward setup here. You take out the low of that day in Ford, and you're going below the 50, that trade's over if you're in it, right? And GM, the same thing. This low right here is a perfect um, stop on this whole position. But I, if Toyota is telling the truth, then Toyota event, uh, is a really good play also. I mean, you know, I wouldn't begrudge you, Toyota. Uh, can I talk stock, stop loss gap down days and how to minimize missing your price and what to do about it? Ooh. Bleachers, man, you just hit on one of the hardest, you know, things to deal with. Um, stop losses can't protect you from a gap down. You know, we all get caught in them sometimes. So from a stop loss standpoint, if there's a bad piece of news and it blows down below your stop, there's literally nothing you can do about it. Um, what I tend to do is just take my medicine. I might give it, I'll usually give the stock that gaps down like that below my stop at least an hour of trading to see if it rallies back up towards my stop, in which case I'll get out of it then. You know, I like to say on gap downs, and this is, um, you know, part of um, the armor report is a, um, a list of all the things I've learned over the years. I'm building this list to hand off to my children, Layla and Levi. And until then, I'm going to share it with you guys. I call it the Armor Investing Rules of the Road. Um, and so um, one of those rules right down here, I think it's 10. No, wait a minute. Um, here it is. Number 13. Okay. Don't relive. Don't relive the same loss over and over. 
the asset opens down 1%, that loss has already occurred. Don't lament it all day. Figure out how to respond and what to do next. Okay? So you have to clear your mind when the gap down happens and look at a day trading window and say, what is going to happen from here? And I'll usually give it an hour. All right? And if it starts to make higher lows after 1030, then I might let it stay in the portfolio all day and see if I can get out of it closer to my real stop, right? The minute it breaks that uptrend, so it gaps down and rallies, and the minute it breaks that uptrend, I'm gone on that asset, right? If it gaps down and goes straight down, I usually don't respond to that. I force myself to wait because at some point during the day, it'll bounce. And then when that uptrend ends, I'm out. That's usually how I do it. Um, the best way to avoid getting crushed is not to over weight your portfolio in one idea. Usually I, I, I never take more than a 10% position in one stock. And normally 5% is my allocation, 10% for an ETF, 5% for an individual stock. All right. You should add, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have OR on my watch list. That's a good idea. Um, but you see, guys, I'm, I'm happy to start with the big, the, big, um, the big three for me, Franco, Royal, Wheaton. Those are my big three. I want, when, we're, when we're searching for a bottom in a group, I go with the, let's think about cannabis for a minute. Last year, when we were searching for a bottom, my biggest position was Canopy Growth, which was far and away the number one institutional play. And I kept saying that to you guys. This is the highest institutional play. That's where we go first. We get paid there. Then we can start buying Organogram, okay, and, and Sundial and these other names. And so once we got paid there, we spread out into the other names and we had a big run, right? So I'm going to get paid on the big cap royalty plays. When that starts happening, I can start spreading out. That's the armor investing way. CCI, I'm not sure I have an interest in here. Let me take a look. I really, I really don't have any, um, have any interest in that pattern right now and not a lot to offer. So you know, I try to avoid talking if I don't really have any thoughts. All right, guys, we're going to end it on that note. I, um, I really appreciate you spending the time with me. Don't forget, hit that like button. Share the Armour Report with those you think could benefit from it. All right. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel right now if you haven't already done it. All right. And um, Armor Insiders, 830, bright and early. Look forward to seeing you guys so we can set up our day trading day and figure out how we're going to execute this week. It's the most important week. When you get a risk on entry point, boy, the next five days are key. Okay. So I'll see you all in there. Uh, everybody else have a great weekend. Thanks for joining. And um, do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. Think about how to manage risk first and then go capture upside. It's out there for you if you can protect your capital. And that's what we try to do with the Armour Investing Way. Take care, guys.